Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 299, This Bud's For You. And I am your co-host, and the guy who is starting to get close to nailing down some definites for his out-of-state trips for 2021. And I'm your co-host and the guy who just received arrows with four guillotines attached to the end. Ooh. Turkey gobbler somewhere near you this fall. I like it. Yeah. Very cool. You you haven't shot any of those yet. No, so I just ordered it, and they aren't actually the gobbler guillotine. These are called Magnus bullheads. Yeah, And they have four blades that are like, I think each of them are like four inches long or something. They're huge. And I haven't shot it yet, so I, I gotta, I'm going to take my bow in. I'm going to get it tuned, and I'm going to get them to drop the poundage to probably like 50 pounds. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if I shoot the turkey in the head, it doesn't really matter if it was with a 70-pound draw or a 50-pound draw. It should do the job. Yeah, turkey's not going to know the difference. Yeah, and I mean, I... I don't know. I kind of hate it because I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, I chopped his head off. The coolest thing ever. You know, that doesn't like make me feel good. But I feel like it's the cleanest kill I could possibly offer with archery tackle. So I'm going to go for it. Yeah. So it's not, you know, I see a lot of posts of people where they're like, I want to chop one's head off this year. Like, that's not my goal here. (laughs) My goal is to. To kill one quickly and cleanly and being colorblind, not have to try to blood trail one. Yeah. So if I'm out there in the woods by myself, I don't stand a chance if I body shoot him and he runs off. I mean, unless he's dropping a feather every five yards. So I, I got that. And next step is tune the bow and get the poundage dropped. And then I'm going to shoot a lot with, you know, field points and get accurate there and then test out these bullheads and see how they hit. 
Mm-hmm. It's going to make for an interesting fall because I feel like hunting in the fall with a compound bow is going to be pretty intense way to hunt because, I mean, I'm going to have to probably get within 25 yards of him and I don't plan to, I'm planning to run and gun like I normally do, so I'm not going to get in a blind, so it's going to take some finagling to get drawn and get a shot off. Yeah. But it'll be better than sitting at the house. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So I'll be doing that in about 50 some odd days. It's coming up quick when bow season starts. Actually, wow, 40, 45 days. <laughs> wow. I'll be bow hunting for turkeys. So that that, that should be cool. I'll, I'll, that'll be a first for me. Last year, you know, I used the crossbow. I came on here and talked about it. And then I ended up having some luck with a shotgun. So this year I'm going to start out with a compound bow. I think it'd be pretty neat to get one like an Indian. Yeah. You know, Indians didn't use compound bows, though, don't you? Yeah, well, I'm not exactly like an Indian then, but it's the closest thing I'm planning to get to being one. Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll put myself at a disadvantage to a point, but when it comes to using a stick bow and string, I'm not there yet. Dude, I'm not judging you. Trust me. <laughs> and I guarantee you when shotgun turkey season opens this fall, the bow will go back in its case. I can understand that. Yeah. So you, understand that. you and the boys have already started plans, huh? Yeah, we've gotten we've gotten a few things kind of laid out. Don't have definite dates set, but we had a conference call earlier this week, and it looks like we're going to be visiting Maryland, Delaware, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode Island. Yeah, and that's going to be planning, a We're planning on going for two weeks. Yeah. That's that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I know one-week trips, you know, they're long, but they go by really fast. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and just before you know it, you've run out of time. So two weeks, man, that's going to be awesome. I mean, all turkey, just chasing them for two weeks, that's, that's going to be incredible. Yeah. So I yeah. envy you in that, and I hope to join you for maybe a few days of that. That would be fun. Hopefully you can. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna make that happen. I'm gonna I'm gonna come up there and join y'all for maybe a three day weekend. See if good. I can help add to the add to the trip. Very good. Yeah, that would be a great time. Well, how long do we have before we kick it off? So we are 240 days, 10 hours, two minutes, and 58 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in alabama we're 254 days nine hours 18 minutes and 48 seconds from opening day of spring gobbler season in tennessee all right so we're hey we're closing in it's we're getting it's getting here what a third of the way there is that is that about right yeah so that's not that's not too bad i mean it's feeling a little better <laughs> yeah well, you know, I've got this little thing in my head, kind of how the year transpires every year. And I'm worried this year that 2020 may last a little bit longer than it normally does because there's likely to not be any football. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, that's kind of my thing. When turkey season ends, then you've got summer, when, then school starts back and football season starts and we all know football season doesn't last long at all it's, it's over just as soon as it starts and then you have the holidays you have thanksgiving christmas next thing you know it's time to go to unicoi in north georgia for the turkey call maker show there and then it's the nwtf convention and then three weeks later you're turkey hunting in alabama yeah and so you put it like this that, year feel manageable <laughs> oh yeah it's manageable this year though if we don't have football, what what's going to happen? Well, Summer's I'll, just going to drag on into the holidays, isn't it? I'll tell you what you got. You get to leave that boring sport and start tuning in to Major League Baseball cranks up next Friday. Mm. So you get to stop watching people run back and forth and hit each other, and you get to watch some real tactics, some real action. Baseball's cranking up, and that that's what gets me through this time. 
That's brutal. I think that instead of doing that, I'm just going to get some paint and maybe paint a few rooms in my house and sit around and watch it dry. There'll be yeah. a lot more action involved than it will be in baseball. And, you know, a lot of, and I'm just, from what I've read in these books I read about turkey hunting, a lot of turkey hunters are baseball fans. And I think it's because of the patience and the tactics employed in baseball seem to sit well with turkey hunters. So I'm just saying Maybe ba- watching baseball makes you a better turkey hunter, so maybe you ought to start watching. Yeah, I'll take my chances. <laughs> I've done pretty well to this point. I'll keep going. You'll never know the untapped potential, though. And I don't need to. <laughs> well, for real, we do have at least some kind of sport coming up. We'll see how that goes, and it's going to be interesting. I think they'll figure something out for football. I don't know what it'll be, and... I mean, mostly I just hope these kids get to go back to school in the fall. I think that would be a big problem if they don't get to go back. Yeah. Yeah. So, no it, doubt. It's definitely been a weird time. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So we've got a pretty cool show today, don't we? Yeah. Uh, the guy that we host on the show today has, he's seen a couple turkeys die in his day. Maybe more than a couple. Yeah. he He's called in a few. I'd say that. At least, he, he's got some credibility. I'll give him that. Anything this guy says about wild turkeys and hunting them, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's called in a few. He's crawled on a few. He's fanned a few. He's sat and waited on a few. and Sniped a few with a rifle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, he's it off. you know... I've always said there's two kind of people in this world. There's killers and there's everybody else. And today we have a killer on the show with us. Yeah, and he is a killer. He hunts to kill. Absolutely. Is absolutely the goal. And he's not bashful about saying that's the goal. <laughs> no, he's very unapologetic about it. And, you know, I like that it. doesn't I mean, bother me. Yeah. No, it doesn't bother me one bit at all. I mean, that's as long as he's following state regulation and playing by the rules, go for it. Yep. You know? Yep. No doubt. So many of you listening to the show probably figured out who our guest is today based on the title for the show. But in case you don't know, our guest today is Jeff Buds. And Jeff has killed more grand slams than anyone i don't even think it's close at this point he's killed four per year for at least the last 25 years yeah he's got well over now 100 grand slams yeah and he killed more than four in some years legally yes yeah so. and he talks about that a little bit today with us because you know <laughs> It's always going to be this way, I guess. You know, there's some people who just can't be happy with someone else's success when that success is not being shared. And so, or maybe I should say it this way, when the person who is unhappy is not having the same level of success. So Jeff gets challenged on this whole, well, there's no way you've killed four grand slams a year every year for the past 25 years. It's not possible with you being 52 51 53 years old however old he is to have killed 104 grand slams and so he gets challenged on that a good bit but jeff has the documentation to back all of it up and that's the thing about buds is you won't find anyone who's more organized and Mm. who keeps better records he can tell you the date that he killed every single one of those birds because he has it in a spreadsheet yeah and he can tell you where he killed every single one of those birds because he has it in a spreadsheet he can tell you how much money he spent on that hunt to kill that bird because he has it in a spreadsheet yeah he's very organized very organized and that's one of the reasons why he's so successful is he's willing to put in the time this is a conversation we had oh what three four weeks ago yeah when we were talking about you and the success that you're having here over the past several years and it's because you're willing to put in the time and the effort to do it yeah and if you're not willing to put that time and effort in that's fine and dandy but don't be upset 
when someone like Cameron or someone like Jeff Buds has a great year and your year didn't turn out quite the way that you wanted it to. And we know we all wanted it to turn out like Cameron's and Bud's year. So uh, I not, need to be in the same sentence with him, but I'll take it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going to dwell on that any longer because it's something that we talked about several weeks ago in an episode. But we've got Jeff on the line today. We just really wanted to kind of catch up with him and see how he's doing, see what's going on with him, how his season turned out. Because, hey, COVID didn't affect just Andy and Cameron and you, the listener, it affected everyone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had Preston Pittman on, gosh, that was about three or four weeks ago. Yeah. And he had a similar experience where his season was affected by COVID. So mm-hmm. it got the majority of us turkey hunters, changed up our plans a good bit and affected our success this past year. So anyway, what do you say, Cameron, that we jump in to this interview with Jeff? I think there's some pretty cool info in here. And yeah. let's see how it goes yeah i'd say we hop on in and pay attention although we're just kind of chatting it up with him i think you'll glean some info and we'll see you guys on the other side hey everybody i am glad to tell you guys that i have on the line with me today cameron weddington okay that's no surprise cameron's always on the line with me but our (laughs) special guest today is the one and only jeff buds and it turns out, and I didn't know this at the time, but it turns out we've pulled Jeff away from a little bit of family vacation to talk with us. And that's how much Jeff Buds loves us. And so, Jeff, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing great. Doing great. Doing well. So, is there any scouting going on on this family vacation? It's funny. I just text. I've got a guy. I've got cameras set set up right now we've got switching around we've got season opens up august 1st for uh south florida and i've been going back and forth i got five cameras and a buddy of mine's never used of it so i've been going back and forth and forth and back looking at pictures of it. yeah yeah that no setup oh on off start and stop time and anyway and looking at the pictures because they come to my phone and mm-hmm. anyway so yes i'm i'm in the heat of it is the season it is the uh let's say the 16th so yeah. I am two weeks away from opening of turkey season already. So you jokers that say you can't wait for spring, you don't have to. Man. Wow. I didn't realize Florida was that soon. That's awesome. I know. Trust me, I can't wait. I've never shot one in August. And I am I literally left, so I'm on family vacation. I had a little technical difficulties. I've been sighting in a crossbow and making sure she's done. And, and I've got my uh, Oryx deck. I got a new one put on my bow so it tells you the range right away so whether i depend on the shot and the situation regardless it's archery but uh i am jacked up about it to shoot a tom in august so we'll see how it goes so fingers crossed yeah so how long does the archery season last before the gun season opens for turkeys will start the third week the third saturday of september and then the gun season starts depending on what zone you're in again an archery in the southern zone so it starts august 1st and then goes to uh, muzzleloader will be let's call it i don't know the calendar september 21st and then rifle will then be probably a month after that so call it october 21st and then go for uh two months to december and then the central zone will open oh a month later and then the northern zone will go and actually there's a a b and c for the fall in the spring there's just two zones south and a central which it's weird they do that differentiate that much but there's a note for everybody just to know your rules and regs and from fall to spring even from state to state the verbiage and and all it it changes you know So if my math is correct, and and I've got one hand in front of my face with three fingers sticking out, that three fingers sticking off my hand is the number of months I'm counting that there is no turkey hunting somewhere either in the central or south zone in the state of Florida in a year's time. Is that about right? Yeah, it sounds something like that. But remember, you can shoot four birds. (laughs) You can only shoot four birds, so, you know, you could be out there taking other people 
you could be out running and doing right. all that stuff, but you're only going to shoot four birds. You know, and, and here's another one. Everybody always, and I call them haters because asking a question like you and I, I mean, Andy, we've got enough history together. You ask questions whether you know the answer or not, but you want to inform and help others out. And I answer them and camaraderie and all that good stuff. We're all in it together. But when you get a question, bitch, quote, how is it possible that you could have, at 53 years old, or impossible that at 53 years old, you could have ever gotten service at 104 grand plans like you say you could? You know, I'm just the way you ask a question puts me back on their heels and says, you know what, there's. There was, and I find an angle. My job, I don't care. I find an angle if just driving. I'm driving right now. And if I find a rabbit, and we all know what a rabbit is on somebody that wants to go really fast. If the speed limit's 70, I can put my cruise on 77 or 78, and I'm good. Good 77, no problem. Well, I want to get with three screaming kids and a wife right next to me, and everybody's all wanting to get out and do the next something instead of sitting in the car for 16 hours. If I can find somebody that wants to go 84 and I can bump that up and cut some minutes off, well, that's my angle. And so anyway, when mm-hmm. I was in Florida, I found an angle and there was an Indian reservation that had legal hunting. Now they don't freely talk about it, but I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want somebody else to ease in. They only sold 10 or so birds this spring, so I wasn't too worried about it, but I didn't want to give anybody else an opportunity to... Uh, try and buy birds out from underneath me because if one guy wanted he could have gone in and bought all 10 of those for a lot of money and he could have got 14 osceolas a year and thusly 14 slams and really beefed it up so anyway that was my angle it was a legal angle but nonetheless to make sure i i don't want to say stack the cards but i just did all my homework is that wrong no, you know, I mean, somebody, a traditional is somebody, oh, I don't want to shoot a turkey unless he gobbles that, or struts for me, or I call him in. Are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh, that just, uh, uh, hey, God bless him, nothing wrong with him, but don't bash Indian up on, on one. I'd rather kill one flat nosing up on one in a white t-shirt than sitting there calling one in. I mean, who's a better hunter, you know? Yeah, amen to that. So, anyway, get, get on it. On a ten tangent, but four birds in Florida, and there's a lot of months you can hunt August all the way around. So yeah. anyway, so I actually I saw you talk about that on Instagram the other day, and I, I told Andy before we came on, I was like, yeah, I want to ask you about this because I could tell you uh, didn't take too kindly to people questioning how you could have possibly done it, as you said. And well, I remember and thinking Cameron. to myself at one point, I wonder how he did it. And then I thought, oh, he's yep, using yep. all birds, but I don't know about yep. the Indian reservation. Yep, yep. And I picked up something, but 99 is the first, I was the first one to figure out four fall birds. I mean, two, two fall birds, so then you'd get four Osceolas instead of two, because two a year, that was killing me, trying to catch up and, and pass mm-hmm. the, the great Dick Kirby. And, uh, so the records came out, and I got mine on November 29th and 30th or 30th or whatever, and he got his on December 29th and 30th. And I thought, oh, man, I couldn't. I can picture it right now. He figured it out as well. He figured the angle. Somebody told him, well, Dick, you can hunt him in the fall. And he said, what? And I know the ranch he hunted on with the Evans and all. And, and I mean, what a great guy. And, but, yes, and Cameron, to elaborate that on Instagram, that's why when somebody – they didn't ask me, hey, how could you have done that? How'd you pay? How, tell me how you yeah. pay. No. He said, there's no possible way. You must be a poacher or a liar. Or no, <laughs> quote, he said, how many of those birds did you poach? Because there's no way Because you can only get two in Florida, two legal birds in Florida a year. Well, you know, and I said on my verbiage, I said, you know what? Start off nice and easy because you can always try and ram it to somebody. But now he, of course, he deleted me and he X my contact and all that because he didn't want to hear the <laughs> truth. He didn't want to get hit between the eyes with the truth, you know, and it, yeah. just, it just wears me out. You know, ask me whatever you want, as Andy has and as he's been around and a lot of others, countless others, and I love to share the wealth and the information. I'm not going to give you the tree unless you're going with me and you paid highly to do that. But part of this super <laughs> slam and this grand slam, people love to do some of the homework themselves and work for it, you know? Yeah. 
is the fall season in Florida, is it either sex or is it gobbler only? It's bearded, year-round, bearded bird only. And I shot, okay. I didn't want to lose my grand slams. I couldn't wait to get to 100, so I never wasted one of my Osceolas. But as soon as I got mine, I went, well, I waited. I wanted to get a spring bird. I did want to get a spring bird. I, I could have got my 100th in the fall, but I, I wanted, and I shot a double with my wife last year. Um, to get my hundred in 19, but when I I had an extra fall bird, so I went up to the north, right on the Georgia border, Madison County, and I shot at Tom. It's funny, there was a hen that came in the flock, and I told the guy, "Hey, I just want one bird." So I took it to Tom, and I, I and then I saw it, and I texted him real quick, and I said, "Can I take a, a hen as well?" There's a beard. He said, "Sure," because there was probably 50 birds out in front of me. So I shot her with the rifle because I wanted to. I wanted to finish my a grand slam with a rifle. That's why I was up there. So I needed an eastern, and it, when I got that tom, that completed my my grand slam with a rifle. And then I I shot an eastern, and I've already got an, a grand slam of eastern. But I'm just sick on, and the only gun I had was a rifle, a two twenty three. But anyway, but but I finished that as well. But but bearded birds only in Florida, spring or fall. Interesting. Okay. That's interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I I knew you chased turkeys religiously, but I didn't quite, I guess, realize the fall aspect of your hunting. But it does make sense that you use the fall as well. I mean, I'm I'm starting to get into fall hunting myself. It's it's a new passion that I found last year, and so I'm excited to learn more about it. Yeah, and how many times have you guys heard birds gobble in the fall? Several. I've heard it. Yeah, I've heard it while I've been duck hunting, deer hunting. Yep. I mean, year round. A lot of, a lot of. Lot, a lot of times. Now, I've only called them in goblin and strutting a few times, but it happened. And, you know, for me, I'm a hunter. I love it. I want to be in the woods, and it's a great excuse to be out there. And, you know, like I go, I'm in Illinois now, and I come here at Christmas, and I always have a deer tag and turkey tag because I'm hunting, you know, and, and I'm with my bow or crossbow, and I'm out chasing whatever. I love it. You know, so yeah. Anyway, yeah. good yeah. time. Absolutely. So, just very quickly, because I I do want to get you back to your family here uh, as soon as we can. But what is your strategy for your August archery turkey hunt in Florida? Sweat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose some more weight, some much needed yeah. weight before I get my elk pack on. Here you go. Uh, so. It's patterning them. I've got, and again, it's legal to have feeders in Florida. And in Florida, um, as soon as, you know, I'm chasing hogs, you know, you can't year sure. round, which is fun. But uh, the, you, the, it, it doesn't make sense, but you have to be 100 yards from the feeder and the bird can be under the feeder. That being said, I have a feeder in the middle of a swamp and there's a road, there's one road that goes through the swamp. So, the birds are going to come and go off of that road. So I have cam. I have three cameras. A friend of mine was setting up three cameras on that. One east, one on the feeder, and one on the west side. So I can see which way they're coming and going. And I dare somebody to say, oh, you're shooting them on the way to a feeder. I'm patterning them. I'm u- utilizing every legal way I can. So what? I put up a tree stand. I guided him right here. I'm looking at property I used to hunt. Right now I'm driving by. And you know what? I went out in January and February and I saw those trails, the heaviest duty used trails. And then I said, oh, I'm going to put a tree stand off of that trail. And depending on the pinch points and the topography. But, you know, we all utilize whatever we can, wherever we are. So anyway, I'm, I'm patterning them and, and we're two weeks away. And when I get them in August, it doesn't matter. But but I'm patterning them, um, reaping them, or in the thick stuff, spotting and stalking. Ooh, it's going to be a little tough. Mm-hmm. But I've got a crossbow that'll shoot a hundred yards in a, in a, and I'll hit a baseball with it, and and I mean thump them. So we'll see, we'll see. But uh, sitting, Andy, sitting and waiting, uh, double bowl. I'm going to try and get some footage. I've got a buddy coming with, and he's trying to get one. And so we're gonna we're planning on doing a some sitting and waiting and if we can get close to the roost in or uh, on the way in or out uh, that's great set up some decoys i'm gonna play with them you know i've never hunted a bird in august so it's 
I'm gonna I'm excited to find a new strategy. You yeah, know? yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So, all right, let's get on topic real quick here. How did the spring 2020 COVID season go for you this year? <laughs> Brutal. Oh, no. I, the Osceola, it, it's funny, but before my first guys got there for the Central opener, I think it was, I mean, the South opener, I think it was March 6th, before they got there, I was already talking, you know, we all talked, some of the other guys, other hunters, friends, guys in the woods, we all, you know, share information back and forth. And I said, I don't know what's going on, but it's weird. I mean, the, the, the groups of Toms together, I had groups of Toms all the way through the end of, because I hunted till the first time ever, and I hope the last time, I had Toms hanging together till the end of the Central Zone, April 27th, I think it was. Wow. I left just after that to go out west, but the birds acted really weird. They, they Toms stayed together the whole season. There were more super jakes flat across the board all across the country. Um, I was an essential worker, so I had to go check my my feeders and cameras and birds throughout the country. So I was on the road. It was mandatory. My Osceola guys, <laughs> yeah, my Osceola guys, I had a, some of them cancel. I had some of them that some of my Grand Slam guys, they, we moved them to next year. But all in all, the Osceola season, everybody did great, but out west was brutal because South Dakota closed, then Nebraska closed, and then Kansas closed. Yeah. I was good enough, and a few of my guys got tags, and I I had spots to go for Rios and Miriams. I did get to travel and hunt myself. Um, I did get to finish up some Grand Slams with, with a few guys, and then I got back down and hunted some, some Easterns in Tennessee and Georgia and wrapped it up. So all in all, I finished up with with 13 birds and I would say gobblers and then you'd know huh that sounds funny because if a guy shoots 13 toms he's going to say I shot 13 toms well I'll, uh, I shot 13 full fans how's that sound okay but I shot 12 toms and a full fan super jake which just blew me away so I, I there was a, a lesson and I uh, I fessed up to it right away because my guys my buddies at camp tried to hold it over me so I fessed up instantly so they couldn't but the super jakes were off the charts and I have a picture with my two two of my Rios and I'm telling you what it was I mean to the centimeter to the millimeter exactly equal fan but it, I'm excited for next year you have more toms than ever before all across the board in all the states I hunted and we'll see I hope to make up some ground I don't know we need a vaccine guys we all better be praying for it because that's the only thing that's gonna change it I mean they're locking things down. It's July 16th now, and they're locking things back down. It's crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah, it definitely is that. And, you know, I'm not going to get political, but the bad thing is the virus has gotten political, and you and Cameron and me and the listeners are the ones who, who are suffering for that. And, you know, that's no, that's no swipe at the left side of the aisle or the right side of the aisle. It's a swipe at both of them. So... Anyway, that's, uh, well, yeah. you know, I, I think that's a pretty common thread among most hunters who travel. You know, yeah. the, the virus affected most of us. Cameron's probably the exception to the rule because he's just an all and all wild man when it comes to battling the virus. So he traveled all over the U.S. battling the virus. Bring it on. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that. Somebody's Can't get me in the woods or in my Kia, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, cool, man. Well, I'm I'm glad that uh, that you know it it went about as well as it could for you. You know, I I know so many of the states out west were shut down, and you know all that's going to do is make next year that much better for them. I hope so. I mean, I know uh, you know South Dakota, Kansas. Nebraska, it should it should be off the charts. And here's the sad truth: everybody has known for several years something's going on with the Easterns, and those Easterns from Georgia all the way up to Maine, they needed a break more than any of the birds in the country, and they got hammered. Got hammered. Hammered. It turned my stomach when I heard 
one of my buddies needed a Mississippi birding. Went there, he was struggling, and one of the guys said, oh, I know this high school kid, he can take, he's got birds all over. They went on the Wednesday after the opener, and that kid had already killed 10 birds. Wow. Holy and and he, got my buddy, yeah. he got my buddy a bird, and it just turned my stomach. And if I would could have any part of that and, and doing what was right and rectifying that situation, oh, my gosh. And I don't care if you have all the property in the world. You know, everybody in the South knows how the birds work and the tagging system and all that stuff. And, oh, wink, wink, all that. Mm-hmm. No, wrong is wrong, and that's wrong. That is wrong. When you have a – what's Mississippi, you boys? What, what, what is it, three birds? Three birds. Four, yeah. Three birds. Yep. And if that doesn't turn your stomach, I, I don't know yeah. I don't know what, what to say. I, it's just, that it's is. just brutal. Yeah, yeah. That is brutal. No, no doubt. Did, Jeff, did you see – so you said you saw gobblers together all year. I noticed in Tennessee even, I mean, there were toms with 20 hens on the last day of the season. And, I mean, I just saw some poults last week that were the size of quail. I mean, it looks like really wow. late breeding and late hatch to me. Yeah. yeah. I almost wonder if that's you, from human interference. <laughs> I don't know. but And I tell you, another thing, some of my other spots, unfortunately, some of my – Florida spot, they didn't, I saw, I have five, I think I had five hens, oh, I took on Instagram, I think I would, uh, um, I think I had two hens in the picture, and I deleted the one the day before that, I had five hens on the same camera, five hens and not one poult, that worries me, that really worries me, because that's, so next year is going to be off the charts with with the Super Jakes, but this is what's going to happen in two years. You know, you always look two years off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Unless you're in Tennessee where they killed all of the Jakes. And then yeah. Next year would be just as bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kill your four bird limited Jakes. That's that's the goal in yeah. Tennessee for everybody. They eat better, more tender. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there you go. Well, <laughs> hey, before we cut you loose, I want to just ask you about your new venture right unfortunately the covid has really hamstringed us with the yes. availability of our supplies so it's we're going to be good for turkey but we're going to have just a, a token unfortunately for waterfowl predator and big game but tss the tss shot is uh is the deal that's what andy's talking about and we've uh Started up uh, an ammunition company and really excited about it. Got a, got out a bunch of uh, ammo this spring uh, to a bunch of our, our guys to shoot and uh, to test out. And we got a token out to uh, sell and had a bunch of good response back. We're happy about that. We really wanted to do a lot more with, uh, with the waterfowl. But they're looking at some of these holes and some of the stuff not coming, coming in until next spring summer of 21 i mean it's it's wow the little guys like us it's gonna hurt bad i mean federal they control the they got the keys to the kingdom and they make their own um so they can do all that so federal remington mean, brownies and the big guys are gonna go unscathed um but it's 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 brutal i mean i'm definitely keeping my day job but we're excited about it you know some small town boys we don't want to we're not competing with federal but but uh some of the other small small guys we're gonna definitely uh compete with and and uh, do our best, you know, and just get our niche of the piece of the little pie. Go from there. Yeah. And Sweet. that is the name of the company is TSS. And that stands for? Well, Tungsten Super Shot. Everybody knows the, the metal is the heaviest. But uh, so TSSShot.com. And we've got uh, a website and uh, Instagram and, you know, just trying to get out. But Tungsten Super Slam Ammo and just trying to get out with it you know awesome yeah so that is yeah. great but hal abbott is a partner blake rice is a partner uh hal abbott if anybody who's been doing hand loading um hal abbott is the guru of of hand loaders and he was the source to get all the tungsten from uh for the last several years he was really the first one that brought it in in 2004 yeah. and he's forgotten more about tungsten than i'll ever know i mean they Blake and Hal will get on a conference call and they'll start talking. I mean, I hit it on snooze and say, "Hey, wake me up when you <laughs> when you get uh, get back to the meat of the conversation." But this, all the grams and grains and whatever wads, and it's too much for me. But uh, 
pals, Greg Blake, I've known for, for years. He and I did our 46-hour slam last year. So after my wife and I doubled for my 100th, everybody always said, hey, what are you going to do for your after that? Quit? And I said, no, I'm going to go for 104, 108, 112. We uh, went back, and Blake was babysitting that morning, and we went back, swapped out babysitters and shooters, and Blake got our – we doubled on Osceola's and then went flew and got our Eastern the next morning in Kansas and then uh, the Rio that day and the Miriam the next day. So 46-hour Grand Slam. And anyway, so we've been buddies hunting together for a long time and getting after it, you know? Heck, yeah. 46-hour so, Grand Slam. That's impressive. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, 45, 56 to – and I have the seconds down somewhere, but uh, Blake was a couple hours off that. We uh, had the Indian, and they went my way. But, yeah, that was and, – and I've got – Andy, I can't get all, give away all my secrets now. you got too many listeners, but we always got something, something up my sleeve. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. There's always something on the horizon. I'd blow people away if they, they knew everything. Yeah. So huh. we, we don't want to let the cat out of the bag. So Absolutely not. If, if somebody beats you – to whatever it is that you've got cooking in your brain, uh, I, I know you'd come up with something else, but it would be defeating. I'll find for, out where they live. Yeah, yeah, it'd be defeating <laughs> for a little while for sure. I'll find out where their kids go to school or homeschool. I'll find it all out. That's right. Watch out. That's right. I uh, know, well, but always something fun. But you know, it's just so I've got you know Hunt, uh, twenty-five months old now. We just went in this little store and got him a little plastic gun and just chasing stuff around and looking at turkeys and stuff. It's a great excuse. We make it a family event. We get out. We're going to go fishing. When we're up here, we got a good buddy that's got some great fishing stuff. And it's a good excuse. We always have to get out in the woods doing something. And we've made it a family a, a way of life, you know. So yeah. whether you're hunting or fishing or doing something, just getting out there. I mean, you know, it, it's uh, it's a great, great time. So, so much out there for all of us, you know. Yeah, very true. Well, good deal, buddy. Well, I'm glad that you guys are have gotten away and getting to spend some time together on a little family vacation, and I hope you guys travel safely while you're awesome. headed up there and on your way back home and have fun, and let's stay in touch. Thank you for your friendship, and, and thank you for always taking time out to come on the show and share your knowledge and experience with all of us listening and enjoy it. Always enjoy it. Yeah. My pleasure, guys. I appreciate your time, and I will keep you up to on how that August hunt goes. Yeah, please do. Awesome, please do. Yeah, congrats on your 100th Grand Slam, and uh, I'll be watching for number 200. Heck yeah. Okay, buddy, I hope. Thanks a lot. All right, <laughs> see you, Jeff. All right, see ya. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay, bye. All right, you know, it doesn't take much to get Bud's fired up <laughs> in the turkey world. He's pretty, uh, he's pretty conversational and passionate about what he does, and it comes through, obviously. Yes. He's very passionate about turkeys and really all hunting. It's not just turkeys. Yeah. He's passionate about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, everything, everything he does, he's passionate about it, you know, when it comes to hunting. And so he's always a great interview for that. I mean, you're not going to have any kind of a conversation with Jeff Buds about turkey hunting and not pick up a nugget here mm -hmm. or there. Yeah. And, you know. For you guys listening, you may not be interested in killing a Grand Slam in a season or four in a season, but that still doesn't mean you can't pick up a little nugget from Jeff Buds here and there. So Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anybody who can claim 104 Grand Slams, the guy knows how to hunt every subspecies of turkey, obviously. So yeah, I'm not a huge, you know... I have a grand slam. I'm glad I did it or whatever, but that's not my goal. But I absolutely will listen to somebody who's done it 104 times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. All day. <laughs> yeah. So he, he's a great guy, I think. And I'm interested to see how his TSS company does. I know that's kind of becoming a more competitive space. It is. I think mm -hmm. they'll do well, though. Um, I'm confident in that, and maybe we'll try out some of their ammo and give their listeners a review at some point. Yeah. Well, I happen to have in my hand two boxes. Ah. And so I do plan on patterning that particular brand of shotgun shells and comparing it to some of the competition just to see how it performs. Yeah. But I will say this. Judging by 
who he said his partners are in this venture. There is no lack of experience Mm -hmm. in the world of loading TSS shells. So I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to be a pretty good round. And that's going to be a good looking pattern coming out of that shotgun shell. So I'm looking forward to shooting some of those. As soon as the temperature drops below 123 outside, I probably will just go on to the range and shoot a few rounds of those just for fun because I'm jonesing a little bit. Yeah, heck yeah. I I spent the weekend at a family reunion in outdoor open-air cabins, so I I felt every piece of that heat. (laughs) The entire weekend? Yes. Usually it's a week long, but this year because of COVID, it was only a weekend. Mm. Yeah, it's really fun other than, and you usually lose some weight, you know, you sweat it all out, but it's it's a good time and we had a good good time but yeah you you're not lying it's plenty hot out there right now yes it is yeah well and we haven't even touched august yet so yeah it, uh, i will say i think that uh, early season archery kentucky turkey hunt i'm planning on doing is going to be pretty warm <laughs> mm-hmm. but i just finished another book in other news oh what'd you do What'd you read? Ray I. I finished Hunting Wild Turkeys with Ray I. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, the last chapter, chapter 26, I literally laughed out loud at three different stories in that chapter. Like, if you have that book and you haven't read it yet, you need to read, just just read chapter 26. It's, I died. It's really funny. <laughs> and that's one of the first times I've like actually found really good humor in a book. Like it cracked me up, but overall it was a great book. I'd suggest it to people. It, it was really good. It had a good mix of stories as well as how to, which I prefer storytelling books more so than the how to's, but I don't mind how to's cause they usually pick something up. Yeah. So it was a great book. I liked it a lot, but chapter Chapter 26, which is like second to last chapter, he cracked me up. I just have to say it. It was really funny. <laughs> Good deal. Well, that's one I haven't read yet, so oh, I do man. need to pick that one up and read it. I am I might have to like screenshot and send you some of the stories out of that last chapter. There's one where his buddies are in a cow suit. That, that one really was unbelievable. Yeah, that's so. something I've considered doing before. I didn't know that he had done it or anyone had done it before so oh yeah well i actually have a story on that i don't know if you want me to share it now but i've done the cow and pot and impersonation before and it worked really yes we used to have permission to hunt a cattle farm and i roosted an entire winter flock of turkeys on opening day there was probably 12 gobblers in this group and 60 to 70 hens and the only way to get to where we needed to sit was to walk across the wide open pasture between the hens and the gobblers Mm -hmm. and so my dad my brother and i all hunched over about the height of the cow and grabbed onto each other's you know belts and eased across the field and you know moved like cows and set up and they flew down like nothing even happened (laughs) and we tripled (laughs) that's awesome so i you know we had to cover a darkness to so we didn't have to put on a full-on cow suit but i swear it worked like those turkeys thought we were cows because i heard you could hear them clucking in the trees over us didn't phase them yeah they thought we were a cow walking under that tree yeah and well I have it. I have it drawn up on my wall right now because I wrote out the plan on a piece of paper the night before, and I framed it after we did that. Oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah. So that does work because, <laughs> and and what I'm talking about when I say that is making yourself as small as possible. If you stand upright, yeah, even even under the cover of darkness, and you walk upright across a big field like that towards turkeys that are on the roost. They are going to see you and know that that's not natural. They're not used to seeing that. But if yeah. you will, if you will bend over at the waist and just make yourself smaller, think about how big a deer is. Think yeah. about how big a coyote is or a calf like Cameron did and go across the field that way. It works. I have used that numerous times walking across clear cuts in Alabama. I 
I have no doubt that that worked because it was three people. We made ourselves as small and as compact as possible and just shuffled all the way across the field. And this was back when I was a lot younger and I used decoys quite often. And as we were shuffling across, when we got 30 yards from where we're sitting down, I just staked down the Jake decoy and then we shuffled another five yards and I staked down a hen decoy all in one fluent motion. And we just kept moving like a cow walking across the field. Yeah. And I, I have no I have no doubt it worked. Well, I can guarantee you it worked. We had a very good hunt, but <laughs> Yeah, you did. You tripled. Yeah, that was the first. It was pretty cool. My dad, my brother and I and we we, we did the old one, two, three, and all three laid one out. <laughs> wow. That's pretty so, good. Yeah, it was a full on plan. So yeah, that that's a good tip. I know we're not doing calling tips of the week anymore for the moment, but uh there's your there's your tip of the week. Make yourself look like animals that turkeys see from the tree anyway. Yeah. It works. Yeah. Well, what's our favorite of the week? So the favorite of the week this week is going to be not to forget about the NWTF. You guys who are not members, give some consideration to joining. Just like a lot of nonprofits are, they're hurting right now because of COVID. They've had to cancel and or postpone a lot of fundraisers, a lot of banquets. And so, you know, if you join, I think it's 30 bucks a year, $35 a year, you're going to get six issues of Turkey Country Magazine, which is very professionally done. It's a great magazine. And you're going to do some good for the wild turkeys as well. So that's my favorite of the week this week give back to the nwtf and for those of you guys who are members participate in some of their fundraising events that they're doing right now they're doing online banquets online auctions get on there and participate in some of that you never know what you might win and get for a pretty decent price so i like it yeah well good deal well let's stick a fork in this one all right man sounds good all right thank you guys so much for tuning in this week We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.